We're in a series called Running with the Giants, and Crystal just looked at me and said, wow, we're really doing an eight-week series, and, and I said, well, yeah, we're, we're trying. We're doing the best we can, and I, I've, I don't know about you, but I've, I've gotten a lot out of this series and studying for it, and uh, in Hebrews 12.1, let's just go ahead and go there, and uh, we'll read it together. This is our theme verse for this entire series. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Come on, touch three people and say, you're in a race. You're in a race. You're in a race. Amen. Well, Lord, I just thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you would use me to speak to the hearts of your people, that everyone would leave more in love with you, that every life would be changed. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. If you're visiting uh, with us for the first time, you'll, you'll hear this uh, if you come back over and over and over again. And we, we say this, a quiet church is a... And we're not a dead church, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure that you've probably already noticed that we are not a quiet church either. We, have, we, like, we like music, we like noise, and so uh, what that means is, is that w- as I'm preaching, we like a little bit of response. Maybe you're not used to that. I, I know people that get a little weirded out by that. That's okay. You can just sit there and be quiet, uh, but we like to say amen, hallelujah, that's good. You better preach that, white boy. There's a lot of... A lot of variations that, that happen, but um, I know this. I believe the Word of God deserves a response, and, uh, and I always explain it to people this way. It, it, have you ever been talking to somebody and just had them not respond to you at all, just sit there and stare at you, and you wonder, am I getting through to you? Well, it's no different when you're preaching. I'm talking to uh, uh, over 100 and something people, and I kind of like to know that we're connecting on some kind of level, okay? So anyways, uh, but we're in this series, Running with the Giants, and, and uh, I love the Bible because it, it says this. It says that we're running a race, but, but before that, it says this. You're, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And what the Bible is trying to literally tell us is that there are people that are watching us run our race. They've gone on before us. Come on, you have loved ones in heaven. You have, you have great people in the faith that, have, that, that we read about in the Bible. And I believe this, that they're all, they're all hanging out. They're watching us run this race. And I, 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 I think that's an amazing thing. And most of the time, we can't hear what they're saying. But if we could hear, what would it be? What would they say to encourage us to keep going, to keep pushing, to keep pressing on? You know, uh, a couple years ago, I decided to get in shape, and you can tell it's working. (laughs) And uh, I I decided that it was time to get in shape, and so I thought, who better to help me get in shape than my friend Jimmy Sy? Now, for those, he's an usher here, and Jimmy is a personal trainer. He works in Sulphur Springs, and uh, and so I was like, hey, you know what, Jimmy, I, I need to get in shape. I need you to help me. I need you to, you know, and he's like, bring it on, you know. And so I show up, and, uh, and you know, I kind of never show a trainer what you want to look like. <laughs> the chances are you're not willing to pay the price that that person paid. Come on, somebody. I've lowered my expectations way down. Now I'm just like, 
be happy in the 34, it'd be good. You know, let's just, a uh, little jiggle when I, when I move is fine. I'm not looking for six pack. Come on, can I get a witness? Amen. Uh, anyways, but uh, so I said, hey, Jimmy, I need to get in shape. And he said, okay. And so he, I show up and, and he, uh, I get there and he starts asking me all these questions. And like, I should know these, the answers to these questions. He's like, well, how much do you bench? And I'm like, do I look like I know the answer? I can, I can lift pounds of mashed potatoes. Come on. Chicken fried steak. Come on. Uh, and, uh, but I, I said, I don't, I don't know how much I bench. And he goes, okay, well, let's just start somewhere. And, and so he puts some weight on, on the, on the bench press and here we are, we're getting ready. And I, and I lift it and I, I do it a couple times and he goes, oh, it's too easy. And I said, all right, all right. It felt heavy. <laughs> it's like, no, no, it's no, no. And uh, so he puts a little more weight on, and he's like, all right, do that. And so I do a couple reps of it, and I'm like, okay, that was definitely harder. That's good. And he goes, no, 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 we're not there yet. And so he puts some more weight on. And, and we keep going through this. So then we go over, and we're going to do some biceps. And he goes, well, how much do you think you can? And I'm like, I really have no clue, Jimmy, uh, how much I can lift. And so he's like, well, let's start here. And so we do one rep there, and he's like, no, you can do more. And, and he keeps pushing me and pressing me and, and taking me a little farther and a little farther and a little farther. And you know, the truth is, is that's what good trainers do, is they see the potential that you don't see. And I think this, I think that if we would begin to surround ourselves with people that saw our potential instead of our faults, that, that saw our what we could do or what we could be or what we could look like, what would it be like if people would come along beside us and say, no, you don't understand. You're just now, you're, you're just now scratching the surface of your true potential. That pushed it. That's what that's what church is. That's what having people around you is all about. Can I hear an amen? Now I'll tell you the rest of the story. Because Jimmy pushed me a little too hard, and uh, the next day I woke up so sore that I, now I know why bodybuilders walk around like this. It's not because they want to look look buff. It's because they can't bend their arms. My arms were so sore that, seriously, here's the truth, is that I could not sleep at night because my, my fingers would go numb. I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm, I have to travel to Las Vegas, and I'm going to preach in Las Vegas, and I cannot hold the phone to my ear. So I'm walking through the airport, and I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah. So then I I, I call I called uh, I called Jimmy and I said Jimmy I th- I think we pushed it a little too hard he, and he goes uh, um well, why do you say that I'm like well I can't feel my fingers and he said okay we'll take it back and on but the truth is is that Jimmy saw my potential and he pushed me farther now then I wonder what would happen if. If people could come out of the stands, this great cloud of witnesses, what would they say? What would they say to push us a little farther, to say, no, you don't understand. You're not reaching your full potential. You don't really see the gift of God that's on the inside of you. What would they say to, to take you a little farther down the road? Today, I want to pull out of the stands a woman named Rebecca. This is our second woman. Come on. I love women. Women have great faith. Amen. 
And if you don't believe it, come on, guys. They married you thinking that you would change. <laughs> Great faith. Amen. But Rebecca, just, just to kind of give you a little bit of uh, a background on Rebecca, okay? This is the teaching part of it. But Rebecca, uh, we really see her in Genesis 24. You can go ahead and turn there, Genesis 24. And, uh, but Abraham is, has a promise from God that he's going to be a father of, a, a, of nations. And he, has a, he finally has a son at the age of 100. Come on, that's old. And he has a son at the age of 100, and his name is Isaac. And Isaac keep, keeps growing. He's getting older. People lived a lot longer back then. And he's growing. Everything's going well. And, uh, but he realizes, Abraham realizes something that, that he needs, if he's going to be uh, the father of nations, his son needs to get something going, and he needs to have a wife. And so he, he looks around, he's not liking what he sees around him, so he sends his oldest servant to go and find his son a wife. Now, I don't know about you, this is where... As a man, you hope that you've been good to that servant. Amen. You hope you've been, you're like, hey, listen, I've seen your style in women, and that ain't my, that ain't what I like. You know, I'm, I'm looking for this in particular. Come on, don't mess me over on this one, okay? Don't just pick the first one that comes along. And so here, here's where we pick up on Rebecca, okay? Y'all with me? In Genesis 24, 12 through 19. Genesis 24, 12 through 19. Let me get it. It says this. It says, then he said, O Lord, this is the servant. He said, then he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of the water, and the daughter of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, now here, let me just go ahead and say this right now, I do not recommend you praying prayers like this, okay? Anymore, you don't see this in the New Testament. You see it a lot in the Old Testament. You don't see fleece prayers in, in the New Testament at all because we have the Holy Spirit who guides us and leads us. Amen. So here it says, Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, Please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, Drink. And I will also give your camels dr a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant, Isaac, and by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And it happened before he had finished speaking. Come on, God's good. And behold, Rebekah, was, uh, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, yep, uh, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher in her on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold. Come on, Isaac is a happy man and a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled the pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her. We're nearly done. And said, please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, drink, my Lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down in her hand and, and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink... She said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. You know, Rebecca is an amazing woman, and I think the first thing that she would tell us if, if she was able to come along beside us and run with us for, for just a moment, she would say this, give generously to others. Give generously 
to others. It's, this is an amazing woman, honestly, because here she is. She's going about her normal life. Everything, it, 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 everything's going on. She's got chores to do. She's got things to do. And, and, you know, come on, somebody, you understand that you're busy. There's things that go on, and you have a lot going on. And this man, this random stranger, come on, no, she doesn't know him. She's never never been around him. She doesn't, she doesn't know anything about him. And he comes up, and he says, can I have a little drink of water, just to just a small drink of water, and she says, absolutely, you can have a drink of water, and not only will I give you a drink, but I will give all of your camels a drink of water also. This is a woman that's willing to go above and beyond what is asked of her. She would say this, give generously to others. Now, here's what you don't know, and, and the truth is, is that here the servant is, and he's traveling with ten camels. The average camel drinks 20 gallons of water on the low end. 20 gallons of water when it's thirsty. That's a lot of stinking water. Now, just so you know, they, they, uh, the average jar was between 2 to 5 gallons. So here she is, and she's got to, to feed each camel 20 gallons of water at 5 gallons. Let's say she's stout. Come on, how many of you lifted 5-gallon water jug it's not light. It's, not, it's heavy. So let's say that she's stout. She's got some biceps. She's strong. So she's filling this up. That means that she had to make 40 trips to dr- give every one of these camels a drink. Now, conservatively, let's say each trip takes three minutes. You actually have to let down this jug. You have to draw it up. You have to walk over. You have to pour it out. And every, every time you do this, this is 40 times, conservatively, let's say three, three, uh, it takes three minutes to do this. That means that she gave two hours of her life to a man that she never met. Two hours and not, come on, this, ain't, this isn't easy work. This is hard work. This is physical labor. This is back-breaking work. And I think this, that she would say this, give generously to others. This is, this is a, a woman that is completely opposite of our day and age. Now then, we live in a day and age that says, what will you give me? No, what, what are you going to do for me? No, what, what, what do you have to offer me? And the truth is, is this is a completely opposite mindset. And she goes in and says, no, what can I do for you? How can I go above and beyond the call? How can I do more than what you asked for me to do? And I began to think about this. Let me just tell you that God knows where generous people are. God knows when you're generous. And, and, I, and I think this, that Rebecca isn't generous just one time because she has a heart of generosity. God sets her up for success. Because she has a heart that's always wanting to give more. Because she has a heart that's always willing to go the extra mile. Because she's willing to go a little bit farther. God sets up Rebecca for the, 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 the most amazing event of her life, and she doesn't even know it. Let me tell you, God knows where generous people are. Are you generous? And I, and I also began to think on this, is how many miracles do we let slip by us because we have a stingy heart? How many miracles do we let 
go right by us. What would happen if, if Rebecca would have said, you know what, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, here's your sip of water. Go on your way. I don't know what, I don't, I don't know, uh, I, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you are. But the truth is, is that Rebecca, just so you know, now then here Rebecca is. She lets down, she does all this. She gives, uh, she gives these 10 camels. Now these 10 camels are loaded down with, with jewelry. Come on, ladies. They're loaded down with money. They're loaded down with all of this stuff. All And all along, she is serving the camels, the water, that are carrying all the gifts that God had for her. They're carrying everything that, she, uh, that w- was intended for her. And here she is. She's saying, okay, I'm going to serve, never knowing that she would get anything in return. Not only that, but she also ends up being in the lineage of Jesus. Because she's willing to serve she ends up getting to be the 37th great-grandmother of Jesus, the ultimate servant of all. Because she was willing. See, God is looking for generous people. God is looking for people who will say, you know what, I'll go above and beyond the call. And I love, that's one thing that I love about this church. That's one thing that I love about all of our people on our dream team is they're always saying, how can I go above and beyond the call? How can I serve more? How can I do more? Come on. It's because they want to serve the God who has given them everything. This is good preaching. Amen. I think it's good, too. You're doing good, Brian. You keep going. I'm going to. I'm going to. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself. Give generously to others. I know this isn't popular. Come on. Giving is never a popular subject. Let me just stop, stop right here. Right now, your first thought is money. Rebecca didn't give money. She gave time. She worked hard. She, she had biceps. She worked. She, she didn't give money. Stop thinking that every time a preacher talks about being generous, he's saying, give your money. Sometimes you need to say, you know what, I need to give a hug to somebody. I need to write an encouraging word to somebody. I need to stop for a moment and listen to what my wife is saying instead of watching the game. I need to spend some time with my kids and see how their day's going. Come on, you need to give generously to others. Amen. Good work. The second thing I tell you is this. True generosity doesn't expect to be paid back. True generosity doesn't expect to be paid back. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. Let's read it. It says, but this I say, who who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Come on, in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a, come on, say it with me, cheerful giver. True generosity never expects to be paid back. I have a great friend of mine, and I love him dearly. And uh, he's a a married man, been married for several years and uh, he called me up, and he was having a little bit of uh, marriage trouble. You know, anybody in here ever had marriage trouble? No? Okay. I, I, didn't think, I didn't think any of y'all. On the podcast, any of y'all, I know you have marriage trouble. It's okay. Listen to me. And uh, he called me up, and he's like, you know, I don't understand it, Brian. I, I, I'm so good to her. I, I take such good care of her. I give her all of this stuff. And, 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 you know, if I find out that she wants a pair of jeans, I go down, and I buy her that pair of jeans. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. 
good job. Well, if I find out that she wants something, I'll go down and buy it. And I'm like, so, okay, well, what's the problem? And he said, well, I just let her know that since I bought her jeans, I was expecting a little payback in the way that man likes to be paid back that's married. That's married. Notice that part. And I said, that's your problem, my friend, is that you're giving to get back. And you can't give to get and expect to be blessed. You give because you love. You give because you care about. You give because you want to see someone happy. And I love this because the God wants a cheerful giver. Somebody who comes and says, oh God, I'll do whatever you say because I got to be blessed. I got I to gotta give or else I won't get back. And I think God is sitting back saying, you're missing the entire point. You don't give to get because that's nothing more than saying, get, I'll give you this little bit, God. You better turn around and give me much more. The truth is, is God saying, I want a people that rise up to say, I give because God has given to me. I give because you're good, Lord. I give because you have given me so much. True generosity doesn't expect to be paid back, but let me tell you something. God always blesses generosity. It's a benefit. It's just one of those things. I can't explain it. It's a benefit. Gosh, i got to go. Three. Number three. You ready? Use what you have. Use what you have. Crystal just talked about it a little bit earlier. You know, she's sitting there and saying, well, you know, here we are in our heart for the house. And for some people, $100 above and beyond their tithes, that's going to be a lot of money. And that's a sacrifice. But the truth is, is God doesn't want you to use what you don't have. He's just asking you to use what you do have. In Luke 16.10, it says this. It says, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. What God is saying here, if you're faithful with what you have, I'll bless you with greater. If you're faithful with the little bit I've given you, that's all I'm asking you to use. That's all I'm asking you to give. I, uh, we have, we, you, uh, he played acoustic guitar, but Brad and Kathy... Uh, foreman, they've been going to the church for a long time, and great people serve on the team. And and uh, but he uh, they they sold their house and were moving. And uh, you know, so of course, you know, I, I I was like, hey, anything you need, let us know. And I found out, you know, they were in a little bit of a bind. They had to be out by a certain time. And so I called my dear friend Jimmy, Muscle Man. Come on. And I said, hey Jimmy, I said uh, Brad and Kathy are are moving. Can you help them out? And he said, absolutely. And it was his day off, and he goes over, and it's freezing cold. And he shows up, and he helps them move. And he's working, and he's doing all of this, but they didn't get finished. There was still a lot left to do. Well, he had a, a scheduled a date night. Come on, night away from the kid, the baby, amen. Scheduled a date night, and he, he told uh, Brad, he said, hey, Brad, I'm sorry. I, I have this date night. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to make my wife mad. We're going on this date. And he said, absolutely, that's fine. Well, they go on their date, and they get done with the date, and they're on their way home. And they drive by, and they see Brad working. Now, Nancy and Jimmy did something that most people wouldn't do. They stopped the car, and they got out, 
and they began to help them finish moving. See, the truth is, is that they used what they had. They didn't use, they didn't, at that moment, Brad and Kathy didn't need money. At that moment, Brad and Kathy didn't need a hug. At that moment, Brad and Kathy didn't need an encouraging word. Keep up the good work, brother. You're doing a great job. At that moment, Brad and Kathy needed someone to come in and save the day, to roll up their sleeves and to do some work. And I love that I I have people that are in my church that are willing on a date night to roll up their sleeves and say, you know what, I understand this, that it's not the easiest thing in the world to move because I've been there. And so I will use what I have. I have some time, and I have some energy, and I have some muscle, and I'm going to help you get through this. Use what you do have. Man. The fourth thing is feelings follow action. Feelings follow action. Action. You know, I I, uh, I I know that my wife is always encouraging me to run, and uh, she's like, "You need to get out. You need to run for your heart. You need to get out there. You need to do it." Well, one 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 uh, she do. She's still encouraging me. One day I got up, and I, how many of you have ever known that you need to do something but don't feel like it at all? Every, every, and so I, I woke up and um, Crystal goes, okay, come on, are we going to go run? And I was like, no, I'm not feeling it. Nah, nah, I'm good, I'm good. But there's bacon in the fridge, amen. <laughs> and I got enough energy to get up and make me a plate of bacon. And uh, she goes, come on, we need to go run, we need to go. And I, and I had everything in my being was screaming at me, don't do it, you idiot. Just go back to bed, lay down, relax, take it easy. But Crystal keeps going, come on, you need to get up, you need to go, we need to do this. I don't want to do it either, but we need to do this. And let me tell you, every time, whenever I don't feel like doing something and I do it anyway, like working out, I always come back and I feel better about myself. I, I, my day is brighter, everything seems to go a little bit better. See, let me tell you, some of the greatest things you can ever do for yourself, you won't feel like doing to start with. Some of the best things and the most amazing things that God will use you to do, you're not going to feel like doing at all. My dad uh, has been a pastor all my life, and one of the greatest things Christians always do is whenever you get at, you ask somebody to do something, they'll say, I don't feel led, brother. Sorry, brother, I don't feel led to do that. I... So my dad is a very smart man, and he decided, you know what, okay. So he went down and bought fishing weights, and every time they say, I don't feel led, he hands them a fishing weight and says, here you go, feel led. Come on, somebody. The greatest things that you could ever do, you won't feel like doing. But when you start saying, God, I'm going to give you what I have. I'm going to use 
the gifts that you've given me. I'm going to do whatever it is that you've called me to do. Sometimes I won't feel like it. Sometimes I don't feel like getting up and preaching. Sometimes I don't feel like doing, doing what God has called me to do. But you know what? I know this, that there's something greater. If I just keep pressing, if I just keep, let me tell you something. You, you need to understand the gift of God that's on the inside of you is important. The gift of God that's on the inside of you is needed. And you need to understand that when you begin to say, God, I will serve you with whatever I have, God will always bless you. Amen? Amen. Feelings follow actions. I guarantee you, Rebecca didn't feel 30 minutes into it like this was a good decision. If she's anything like anybody, my back hurts a little, and I'm tired, and you're just sitting over there, you lazy bum. Come on, you start getting attitude. When, you start, when you're working, and, and you're helping somebody, and they're just over there sitting in a corner, I don't know about you, but I'm, it's not going to last long because I'm going to have an attitude. Feelings follow action. The last thing I want you to see here is the impact of your generosity will outlive you. The impact of your generosity will outlive you. See, generosity has an internal uh, or, or eternal impact. Generosity has something, there's something bigger than you realize that's going on. There's something bigger that's happening. And I'm thankful for people that have gone before me. Because the truth is, is that I understand this, that the foundation for who I am was laid long ago by my grandparents. And because they gave, and because there was people that whenever I didn't have a job and I was young, and they came along and they gave so that the doors of a church could stay open and I could hear the gospel and I could accept Jesus and I had a chair and I had air conditioning. Thank God that those people, they don't even know the impact you're making when you're making it. But when you begin to understand that generosity is so much bigger than you, 583 salvation because somebody believed in this church in the vision. Because somebody was willing to roll up their sleeves and work. Because somebody was willing to rock a baby. Generosity has an eternal impact. I love two of our volunteers that really amazed me because they have two really young children. And they live just outside of Sulphur Springs. And they wake up early. Come on, earlier than I want to get up. And they get two kids dressed. And they load up in a car and they drive 45 minutes. And get here before everybody else to serve, to work. Matt and Cassie Fritzke. He plays bass. He runs sound. He does lights. She's over in the kids' area serving faithfully in the kids' area. And they're getting these two kids dressed. And I love this because I want 
you to understand that one thing that their kids will never forget is that the house of God is important. And they're saying, you know what, not only is it important, but it's so important that I'm willing to serve, that I'm willing to give, that I'm willing to get up earlier on my one day off to serve in the house of God, to use what I have. Come on, I want a church that isn't going to just give just enough to get by, but I want a church that's so generous saying, how do we reach more? How do we do more? How do we give more? Come on, church. And you know how that happens? Because of people like Matt and Cassie and Isaiah and Candace Martinez and Michael Martinez who sell their house in McKinney to move to Roy City. It's on a foundation. And there's so many more that I can't name. I mean, if I named every person that served, Lord... Amen. But I think every person, honestly, in history, would come out and say, give generously. I don't think this is, honestly, in the Bible, you begin to look at it, it it's talked about so often because Jesus was all about giving. He was all about, come on, John three sixteen. one of the favorite is, for God so loved the world that he gave And I would just encourage you, what if we all, what if 400 people began to say, you know what, how can I give generously today? How can I serve others today? Maybe it's something simple like mowing somebody's yard, or maybe it's just writing a simple card, or maybe it's sending an email, or maybe whenever you walk out of this place, it's seeing somebody that seems a little down and giving them a hug and an encouraging word that could change their life, that could impact them greater than you know. Some of the simplest things that you will ever do will impact people in great ways. So let's do that. I challenge us as a church to wake up every day and say, how can I be generous today? How can I give today? How can I use what I have today?